Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Maines. Welcome back to the Sassfield Podcast, where the three best things about Texas barbecue are the meat, the sauce, and the freedom to get messy without judgment. Happy Independence Day, y'all. I am your host, Jeff Maines. I help B2B SaaS founders like you scale from seven figures, which is good, eight and nine figures, which is outstanding. Together, we supercharge revenue growth, create premium valuation, and craft a business you're proud of and a life of impact and freedom that you love. Freedom, freedom, freedom. You know, lots of you, I think, probably celebrated this weekend. Freedom is a beautiful thing and, and extremely fragile as well. Had lots of memorable Independence Days. So two of them really stick out for me. One is one of my earliest memories. Maybe not the earliest, but it is the earliest one I can put a date on because it's Independence Day. And I was, I don't know, three or four years old, and there was some sort of Independence Day event in our town and tons of people were walking down the streets, like a big parade, waving flags, singing patriotic songs. And my dad was carrying me on his shoulders and I was waving my little flag. And we went down to some park and an important person gave a speech, did a barbecue and stuff like that. And I remember I had to be quiet during the speech. It wasn't long, but it was long enough because I wanted to go play. So something to really remember that, you know, it's very vivid uh, in my memory. Another memorable Independence Day was actually in the UK. It was in Manchester, England, who we got our independence from. And it's a really interesting place to celebrate. You know, do they have July 4th in the UK? I've been asked that several times. And it's like, well, of course they do. It comes between the 3rd and the 5th. But uh, do they celebrate? Um, no, not really. Uh, it's not you know, like a big holiday for them. But there are actually a lot of expats there. And lots of celebrations and way more than I thought. And it's really fun. And lots of people wishing me happy American Independence Day. And, you know, we're all friends now. A little different than it was, you know, 250 years ago or so. Uh, but it was really fun to do that abroad and very memorable. And every year all across the country, we fire up the barbecues, watch fireworks shows on the 4th of July, uh, sing those patriotic songs. And, you know, we're certainly celebrating a historic event. That's you know, clear in our independence. But we're also celebrating an idea, and that's the idea of freedom, independence, and the audacity to chart our own course, follow our dreams. And, and in many ways, the spirit of independence is also the lifeblood of entrepreneurship. Now, entrepreneurs are, I mean, after all, modern-day explorers, pioneers. Yet we embark on daring voyages into the unknown driven by a desire for freedom, you know, the freedom to innovate, to disrupt, to make a difference. And much like how the founding fathers had to navigate a complex landscape filled with challenges and opportunities, entrepreneurs face very similar terrain. You know, it's certainly a thrilling ride. I mean, the pursuit of independence is its, in, in its own right, you know, independence from traditional paths, from the status quo, from the boundaries of what's considered possible and doing all that while not being run over by the vehicle that we are certain will bring us freedom. A few years back, a couple of guys, Ben and Dan, wanted the freedom to build something on their own. It's a tool that would empower small business. 
And they launched a company to bring email marketing to the masses. And they didn't start with a grand plan to disrupt the marketing world or, you know, build this amazing company, but they did. And over the years, their SaaS company, MailChimp, has evolved, adapted, innovated, and been acquired, but its essence remains the same. And that is a pursuit of entrepreneurial freedom that translates into empowering others. So as we commemorate Independence Day, let's also celebrate the spirit of entrepreneurial freedom, the audacity to dream, the courage to act, and the tenacity to turn those dreams into reality. It's two forces. It's a spirit of Independence Day and the essence of entrepreneurship. And together, they remind us of the power of freedom, the thrill of charting our own course, and the joy of turning those dreams into reality. Today, we have a guest who has truly embraced this spirit, transforming their own pursuit of entrepreneurial freedom into a thriving SaaS business. Their journey is an inspiring reminder of how the entrepreneurial spirit mirrors the audacity, courage, and tenacity that Independence Day signifies. Instead of a sponsor today, I want to highlight two nonprofits. We do that every once in a while. The first one is Wounded Warrior Project. Freedom isn't free. And for the last 20 years or so, Wounded Warrior Project has come alongside wounded service members returning home from conflicts and active duty. And over that time, their post-service needs have evolved and beyond physical recovery, which is still key. They still do a lot of long-term rehab, but have added in lots of things like mental health, career counseling, advocacy for veterans and their families. And donations right now at uh, Wounded Warrior Project are doubled. So 50 is 100, 100 is 200, 500 is 1,000, and so on. So you can donate at woundedwarriorproject.org. Fantastic cause. We supported them for quite a few years. The second is supporting the ongoing fight for freedom of the Ukrainian people. The last time I was there was their Independence Day. It was 30 years of freedom and independence. And now, you, you know, that is under siege by a tyrannical madman. And so in addition to Wounded Warrior Project, consider a donation to Nova Ukraine. Now, they have their hands full providing food, water, necessities, basic resources to the people of Ukraine. And these guys are the real deal. They're in country, on the ground, have the logistical capabilities to get things where they need uh, and where they're needed the most. So learn more and donate at NovaUkraine.org. Links to both of those are on our site, sasfuel.com. Support at home and or abroad and consider making a donation to one or both to support the cost of freedom. Partner with us in that. Our expert guest last week was Rachel Perinello, principal at the Alexander Group. She's a leader in the firm's sales compensation, media sales, and technology practices. Rachel delivered great insight into sales compensation, pricing, and benchmarking methodology. So good. Her perspective was completely on point. Such a a great episode. And our founder last week, Dan Fernandez, co-founder of multiple SaaS platforms, including SoStocked and Thomason.com. He spent 15 years managing and working with overseas coding teams with stellar results, great conversations about how to effectively communicate and manage outsourced or internal remote teams. If you missed either one of those episodes, go back and give them a listen. My current guest this week is Charles Darrow, CEO and co-founder of BZOP. It's a process management software. Prior to BZOP, Charles ran a web development agency for 12 years and grew it to become one of the leading agencies in Nigeria. 
his expertise in UX design and product management. He's brought all that together in creating one of the best process management solutions of our day. Welcome someone who gets us organized so that we can enjoy entrepreneurial freedom, Charles Darrow. Hey, Charles, welcome to SaaS Fuel. My pleasure to be here, Jeff. I love the idea of, of BizOp and processes. How did you come up with the idea of creating the company? Uh, so before BizOp, I, I was running an agency, uh, running the agency for about 10 years at the time. And I had always struggled with trying to get people to do things the way I would do them or to do them in a way that would guarantee that we get the same results. And that's pretty much the problem that led to um, creating BizOp and working in this processes field. More interestingly, my co-founder, her name is Marianne, she had been working with uh, small businesses as a consultant, helping them document their processes, streamline their operations. And she wanted to build a software to sort of solve it at scale. And she reached out to my agency because we had been, we had known each other for a couple of years. But when she told me about what she was looking to build, I was like, I would like to build this with you because I, I really wanted to solve that problem because I had felt the pain, um, firsthand. And that's really how we started. That's great. What type of agency was it? Web development. Okay. And do you have a lot of people doing that, uh, working with you? Yeah. So, uh, right now we are about, 10 people. Uh, as at that time, I think we were still around eight, nine. Uh, yeah, but we're 10 right now. In processes, what size of a company should you be thinking about really kind of structuring and putting putting structure around your business process and, and bringing new people on for training? Uh, it sort of differs um, even from like an individual standpoint. There are people like me that like to be really organized. So even if, um, even if it's just me, I want to ensure that I don't have to think about the process every single time, especially if it's a process that has many steps. I just want to document how I do things so that next time I'm going to do that same thing. I don't miss a step or I don't make a mistake. Um, so that's me, right? And there are people like me that even if they have a team of just two people, five people, they will still document processes and we have some customers that fall into that category. But generally, the, the kinds of companies that sort of feel the pain when it comes to undocumented processes or not managing their processes are the much bigger companies. So when you have like 20, 50 employees, right, where things are being done haphazardly, like no order, everything is chaotic, or, or companies that are hiring a lot, right? So they need to they need to repeat themselves over and over again to explain how things work and how things should be done in the company. Those are the kind of companies that uh, sort of get the most value from a from documenting their processes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When the processes are documented, I mean, what are the the benefits? I mean, why why should we do that? You know, is it something that you know you see a lot of value in other people? Uh, particularly early early stage entrepreneurs, a lot of times you know don't do a lot of documentation. Uh, what are the the pros yeah. and cons of that of either doing a lot of documentation or or not? Yeah, so um, one definitely is one benefit of documenting processes is the moment you are onboarding other people, 
and you want you want to achieve the same result, right? The easiest way to do that is document what's working, right? But that also can be a problem if you're if you're documenting too early when you don't know what's working right. yet and you focus on documenting, right? That's like that's not the ideal way. Um so one benefit is it makes training and onboarding people faster, right? And you don't repeat yourself often. All you do is just give them access to the documentation, whether it's online or if, even if you're using like um, whatever the documentation is, just give them access to it. It makes your training and onboarding a lot faster. It reduces errors, right? So instead of people doing things trial and error, just making mistakes, they already see how things should be done in a way that would help them um, look good at their jobs, right? Um, another thing is it just makes it easy for you as, as an entrepreneur or as, or as a manager to delegate work, right? Uh, you don't have to do everything yourself anymore. Document it, share it with your team. Uh, you may need to walk them through the SOP if it's not um, easy to understand. But the idea is the moment you do that, you can then start delegating work to them, um, even from day one, because the steps are already there. All they have to do is just follow the processes. So if it's too early to document a process, and I see that sometimes where entrepreneurs will, will go in, love processes, and start with that, is, is it better to have a process to start with, or is it better to wait until you know what's working? What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's best to document when you have something that's working. Um, it's the best time to document, right? Because, um, you, especially when you're, you're sharing that information with somebody else, right? Um, then you want to know that, okay, this, this process that I'm giving to you works, right? And you just follow the steps. But then the, the thing about processes is that they are always iterative, right? You would always learn something new. There's always a better way of doing things, right? So once you've documented those processes, you can always just go back in there and make some modifications to make them better. Or it could even be the members of your team that you share the process with that have suggestions and ideas on how to improve those processes. And then you just go in there to, to modify, right? So it's just about that mindset. Like, okay, when you have, and I, I, when there's a sense that, okay, this works, you start documenting it and then, um, just be open, just, be open-minded to the fact that you will most likely need to keep modifying that as the business improves. Yeah, that makes sense. So best practices are only best practices because somebody hasn't figured out a better way. Is that is that fair? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, how important was it to have a co-founder in starting the company? Really important. Um, so I my own background is primarily design, uh, product management, and some level of marketing. My first co-founder, Marianne, she was the one that, um, like she was working with businesses already, solving this particular problem. So she had a lot of insight into what customers were looking for, what an ideal solution should look like. Um, she spoke to a lot of customers, understood their pain points and all of that. Um, it would have, I feel like maybe I would have been able to do that as well, but it would have taken significantly longer. Uh, we would have made a lot of mistakes um, if I had tried to do that myself. Then we have a third co-founder. He is our CTO, and he is in charge of all things engineering. Now, before, um, his name is Hope. Before Hope joined the BizOp team, we had built our MVP, right? Uh, we had built something. We worked with a bunch of, um, with a group of 
contractors, uh, one product designer, one engineer to just build something. And that, that was helpful, but we saw that if we're really going to grow this business, we needed someone that would um, own the vision for technology, someone that would that, that would help us think long-term regarding technology. Because when we're working with um, contractors, even though we work with really great people, there's the tendency that they might just do some things because it's short-term. Whereas a co-founder, a technical co-founder, is going to look at it like three years down the line, five years down the line, will this, will this make sense? Uh, and so when Hope joined our team, things really started to pick up. Our product became like 10 times better. We had more features, um, and he, he, he added a lot of value, not just on the technical side of things, but even to the company itself, right, in terms of ideas and even funding. Because right now, the company is um, self-funded, so all of us bringing money together. So it definitely would have been harder if I was a solo founder doing this. Sure. It would have been a lot more expensive to run business. That's yeah. great. I love bootstrap businesses. It's a really, really smart way to build. Uh, so you jumped into a, a market that uh, is, I don't know, I wouldn't say super crowded, but uh, there are some pretty big names there. I mean, you've got Process Street, you have Trainual, you have Whale. Uh, you know, there's some some other big players. How do you compete with bigger, better known players in a market? Yeah, so we compete in a couple of ways. Um, the, the most basic is simplicity. So we build these up to be as simple as possible. W- one thing we quickly learned when we're looking at like um, some of the competitors, there are some really big names that, but when you look into their products, you need to be trained or you need to really um watch a bunch of tutorial videos. You Sometimes you need someone on their team to onboard you to explain how to get value from the product. Um, and I feel like that's an old way of building products. Um, right now, people want to just jump into a product and without having to read a manual, they want to know how to use the product, right? So we, we believe that that's a very strong competitive edge that we have to be able to build a process management solution that is very easy to use and easy to learn. So that's one. But also in terms of features and functionality as well, um, for instance, Trainwow is big on the documentation side of things, right? right? So store your processes, store your policies and all of that. But Bizop takes that a step further or multiple steps further, actually. Uh, beyond just showing people how, how things are done, with Bizop, you can actually track it. So let's give an example. As an example, Say you have your employee onboarding process and it has like 20 different steps. You can go into Trainwell and document what those steps are, right? But with BizOp, each time you are now onboarding a an employee, you can actually track progress, right? For each employee that you're onboarding. So you can, if you're onboarding like five different people at the same time, you can track each one separately. Say for this for the first person, we are currently 50% done with the process, second person, 10%, third person, 90%. And if there are people that need to get notifications as you're making progress, BizUp is going to send them notification emails um, or basically send them notifications to let them know how things are going. Um, we have a feature that Trainer doesn't have, but Process Street has, where if there are multiple people involved in a particular process, BizUp can automatically assign tasks to those people when it gets to their own point in the process, right? So 
we're, we're going beyond just documentation. We are adding things like delegation where you can assign tasks to people. We're doing tracking. We're doing automation. Uh, but we're doing all of this from a very simple standpoint, right? Try to make it as easy as possible to use the product. I love that. I remember back uh, when we first built our SaaS and, you know, enterprise and we'd have people come and say, you know, do you have a user manual? Like, no. If, if we need a manual, we wrote terrible software. And, and now that's become a right. lot more common. Exactly. Uh, and, and I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, having that yeah. ease of use is so important because it doesn't matter what the product is. If it's not easy to use, users are not going to use it. And then you don't get the benefit exactly. from it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you designed the software, was it something that uh, that you built with your team and then Hope came on later and kind of took that strategic vision, that next step? Or were you technical in the beginning? Yeah, so... Uh- yeah, yeah. So we, we got we got technical. So we actually built a working solution. Um, at, at the time, it was very basic. All you could do was um, go in there. Um, once you once you sign up, create your processes. You couldn't even invite your team if you wanted to share. You could just generate a link and send it to people. Um, that was like as basic as we was. We just wanted to see that uh, we wanted to confirm that. I mean, number one, we could build this and that people would use it. Uh, so it was when Hope joined that we started doing uh, all the other things that I've mentioned. Yeah, that's good. And having that technical voice and, and just kind of that vision long term is is really critical. So that's great that you found that yeah. early on in the process. So a lot of times, it, especially if if you're you know you start out with somebody who's a developer, uh, they may have a, a vision, but not necessarily that that long term. Or you take somebody that that's yes. not a developer and and has you know a team. Um, you know, you make early mistakes that have to be fixed you know, down mm-hmm. the road, and that becomes time-consuming and expensive. So I think you're you're you know, right. right on. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So what challenges have there been in building bees up? Uh, so before Hope joined, one big challenge we had was finding a technical co-founder. Uh, apparently, they're very difficult to find uh, because the Engineers that are really good, uh, they're not looking for jobs. They're not looking right. for um, stuff, right? And the ones that are, I mean, either they, they already have their jobs or they are already, they're running their own businesses or startups. And so that was a very big challenge we had um, at the beginning. Uh, but thankfully, we were able to make that work. And I can explain how we even um, got our technical co-founder. Another challenge that we we've had is... BizUp is pretty horizontal. So when we're not serving a particular vertical to say, hey, BizUp is for agencies or BizUp is for um, hospitals, right? So it's a very wide range of businesses can use the solution. But that's also a challenge because it's been a bit difficult to um, streamline our marketing or to focus our marketing to a particular industry. Um, so we've had to be very broad about where we're just selling. We're talking about what BizUp does, the problem it solves, not particularly who exactly it solves it for. Uh, so that's been a challenge that we still have. But interestingly, I've learned that, I mean, it's not, it's not unique to us. Sure. Even some of our competitors in the same space have the same exact problem, right? Most of the bigger names in, in the industry are also serving multiple industries. So um, that that sort of made made me feel a bit better about it because it was something that was I kept thinking about like how do we 
define our ICP? How do we sort of narrow down, narrow things down? Because right now we have customers in um, real estate, we have in um, we have agencies, we have oil and gas, and all of that. So it's very wide. So we don't have any data to tell us that okay, you know what, this particular industry is our ideal customer. And is that something that that you you know, figured out early on? Or is that something that took a while and kind of you know getting that dialed in where uh, or, or maybe not dialed in where you're not going after a specific vertical, but where you're really solving a problem for the the marketplace as a whole? Yeah, I, it's it's quite recent. It's quite recent because even up till two months ago, we were still trying to see if we could just um, narrow things down, like pick a niche. Uh, but it was more recently that we realized, okay, you know what? If the data tells us that different types of businesses will get value from the product, let's just work with that. If over time it changes, then we can always adjust accordingly. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's always interesting having a, a product like that that is uh, that is universal. So it's kind of like marketing in a database. Well, who's it for? And well, it's it can be used by anybody. Right. What does it do? It stores data. <laughs> so you know, it's just yeah. How do you, yeah. how do you take that to market? How do you tell the story? And and is that what you've done with mm-hmm. Bizop? Have you created you know the the story and and here's you know, life before and life after? And what does that look like? Yeah. So um, interestingly, there's a uh, like one of the key things that has helped us at Bizop in terms of growth has been storytelling, right? So, for instance, I did a post on LinkedIn where I talked about, I introduced myself, talked about the problem, problem I had at the agency uh, from it's taking too long for new employees to understand how things work, um, too many mistakes in our processes, lack of consistency and all of that. And the fact that if someone left my team, it sort of scattered the business, right? Because sure. uh, I depended on them so much. So... I then explained how Bizop, I mean, and that, I mean, how we came up with the idea for Bizop and how Bizop has transformed things for us in the company, right? So right now, all of our processes are documented in Bizop. New employees understand quickly how things are done step by step. I don't need to micromanage because once I assign a process to them through Bizop, all they have to do is just follow the, follow the process step by step, even if they've never done that thing before. And as they're making progress, I get automatic notifications to let me know where things are. I don't have to ask where are we on this particular process. And things have just been, I've had more time to focus on things that really matter in the business. So that sort of storytelling, I posted it on LinkedIn and it did really, really well. Uh, a lot of people resonated with the, with the um, story. Lots of, we got about, from that post alone, we got about 60 demo requests. Wow, that's good. Um, and which was, yeah, yeah, which was really interesting. Uh, so we've seen that storytelling definitely works. So even though we're not talking about um, one particular industry, we're talking about a problem that entrepreneurs across multiple industries or, or team leads or managers are facing, and they sort of connect with that on a, on, a, on, a, on a deeper level. So we've seen the power of storytelling. And that also helped us in the sense that before, before, before I posted that story, people would sign up for demo sessions and they did, it wasn't clear what Bizop did, right? Even though they looked at our website, they sort of had their own um, opinion of what the software sure. did, right? So I had to now start re-educating them during the course and everything. But after posting the story on LinkedIn, the people that came in through that story 
already they, they knew exactly what problem BizOp solved for businesses and how it could help them. They just wanted to see the product. So what we did was then use that story, put it on our About Us page. So when you go to our About Us page, you're basically reading a story, right? And so that has generally helped helped with our lead generation. It has helped with customers understanding what we do, but not just that, connecting on a deeper level because they sort of see us as, okay, you know what, these guys get it. They understand the problem. They understand what I'm facing and they've built something that can potentially solve that. So storytelling has definitely been helpful for us. Yeah, that's great. And that is definitely something that connects the dots. I mean, particularly in a, a, a business like you have. Yeah. What about integrations? I think that's something that, uh, you know, in a marketplace like that, you know, because you touch so many different industries, do you have a, a lot of integrations? Is that something you started with or did that come later? Oh, yeah. So when we started, we, we didn't have any form of integration. Well, as we started speaking with um, companies, we started hearing it often. Okay, does BizUp integrate with Slack? Does BizUp integrate with Google Docs? Does it integrate with WooCommerce or Shopify? Um and so we re- quickly realized that uh, integration was a priority. And we also saw that, I mean, our competitors also sort of um, make it quite obvious that they integrate. So we quickly saw that connection. So we've done like Zapier integration. So you can connect these up to multiple apps. And we've also for people that are in the um, lifetime deal community, we've also done an integration. We're launching an integration with Public Connect. Uh, and that's that's more uh, popular in the lifetime deal community. So yeah, we're, and we're, we're going to do a lot more integrations like with um, Make, Make as well, and even some direct integrations with like Office 365 and all of that. Okay. So we're, we're definitely going to do a lot of integrations. Yeah, that seems to make a, a lot of sense. So if somebody doesn't have processes today, and doesn't necessarily know how to create something. I mean, do you have a way for them to, to get started or, or, you know, templates to work from, or how does that work? Yes. So um, when, when com- companies sign up, they have a way to just select the different. So we have something called categories. So it could be HR, admin, project management, sales, marketing. So you just select a category or categories and you can import samples into your account. Right. And you just go in there and edit. Well, something that, something interesting that we're also doing, uh, which we're going to be launching soon is using AI to sort of automate all of that. So instead of giving you templates, right, where we, we, we may not be able to find every possible template out there. Right. So what we're looking to do is integrate, like, uh, do like, uh, a chat GPT integration where you just tell us the process that you want and we will create a sample or a good enough sample of that process that you can just edit. So if, for instance, you tell me I want employee onboarding for a company that's based in in LA, right? So if, in case there are things that are very particular to your region, we're able to just create those the process for you in a way that is more custom fit rather than just a generic template, so something like that. That's really smart. How do you think AI will change processes going forward? Do you think it'll make it easier, harder, some combination? I think it's going to hide a lot of the complexity for the users. So both from creating processes and understanding processes. So in the, in the case of creating processes, 
the example I just shared where you just tell us the process you want and we will do our best to generate that process for you. All you have to do is just edit it. So it, it solves that complex, it, it sort of hides that complexity from the user. But then in also understanding processes, people will not need to search for a process and start clicking through. You can just type and say, okay, what's our sales process? And all of the complexity of looking for that process and presenting it to you will be automated. So it's just going to uh, intelligently get that information and present it to you in a very straightforward way without you having to search for things, right? Stuff like that. And even in terms of like creating processes as well, there's technology now that you can just draw something and scan it and it just transforms that. So if, for instance, you just create like a process map um, on, on a sheet of paper and you scan it and it's able to just get that information and just replicate that data for you as well. Um, like a lot of things, it's just going to hide the complexity and just make things a lot easier for people. So I definitely see AI as, as um, something that would improve processes. That looks uh, fantastic. Thinking about being able to just just draw something, and uh, and turn that mm-hmm. into a process really does take the complexity yeah. out of it. So when we're looking yes. at processes uh, in Vizov, is it more visual or is it like lists or how do you think about that? And uh, how do your users process that information? Do they think in flowcharts and visuals or do they think in in lists or both? Right, we started with lists, um, but as we started speaking with much bigger companies, we we realized that. Especially the older companies, they, they used to solutions like Microsoft Visio, um, Lucid Charts, where they just go in there, drag and drop, create processes and all of that, uh, create flow maps or process maps. Um, so what we've seen is that some of these bigger companies want something like that in BizUp as well, so that they have an option. So if they want to um, be very specific into the details of the process, they can just go in there, create a process, add a description, I mean, add the different steps. But if it's just high level, they just want to quickly, they want to visually create the process. We're working on a sort of drag and drop system where you can just pull in a step, pull in a condition, pull in start, pull in stop, something that will just help you visually build that process. But what we're going to do is, instead of using something like Visio, where it's going to be separate from your SOPs, as you're building this thing visually, it's also integrating it with your actual processes. So if you, if you decide to you, if you, so it's just an option of how do you want to start? You want to start by creating the list. If you do that, it will generate the flow, the process map okay. for you. And if you decide to start with the process map, it would also generate the steps for you. So everything is going to be connected. That's brilliant. So what mistakes did you Thank make you. in, uh, in building the, the company? You know, looking back. So very, Initially, uh, we thought Bizop overestimated um, the, uh, how appealing Bizop would be to small businesses, right? We, we sort of thought, okay, you know what? Once we build this thing, the like, if even if you're a freelancer, you would you would want to use it, right? But we quickly learned the hard way that it's really when you have a team or you have a growing team that you will really get. Um, a lot of value from a solution like this. Um, secondly, uh, when we initially launched, we were focused on our immediate environment. So I was born and I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. And we sort of 
wanted to, because there's really no competitor for BizUp in Nigeria, like none. So we thought that was an opportunity, but we quickly realized that there's a reason why um, there's no competitor for BizUp here, right? Because the level of exposure to technology is not as broad or it's not, it's not mature as you would have it in like the US or in Europe, sure. right? Um, so we quickly realized that we would have to do a lot of educating, uh, teaching people what processes are, why it's important for your business, um, what SOPs are. And we realized that, okay, as a bootstrap business, we don't have the resources for that. Let's speak with people that already understand what SOPs are, why it's important for their businesses, people that are even using a solution, right? Even if they're using Notion or Google Docs, I mean, it means that they're already trying to solve that problem rather than trying to um, educate people and bring them into into awareness of the problem. So that's something that um, wasted a lot of our time. So right now, I'm more focused on speaking with either the much bigger companies in, in this region or, but more, more specifically, where, where our goal is to sell to businesses in the U.S. and in Europe. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It, it's expensive to educate a market, that's for sure. It yeah, is. you want to catch that market in motion. So if people are using something like Google Docs uh, or Notion, uh, how do they get those processes like into uh, another solution? Do you have a, to, a way to do that? Or is it they just copy them over? Or how does that work? Yeah, so there's no direct way because people use very different right, solutions. Right. Some people even use Microsoft Excel, I think right? We have processes in like five places. Is, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what we have is we have a tool where if you don't want to go into Bizob to create create the processes one at a time, we have an Excel template that you can just copy and paste information from wherever you have it into that document and upload that document into Bizob. Now, once you make that upload it will create all of those processes for you directly in, in BizUp, right? It doesn't, it still involves some work, which AI is actually going to help us with. Um, so that's another use case of AI where you just give us your information and we will try to extract um, all the data in the document you provide with us and build that into BizUp. So that's another use case. But right now what we have is an Excel document where you just go in there and put in your, your the name of your process and the different steps in there and by uploading just that one document, we will import those processes into BizUp. Yeah, that's nice. Having it in one place would, would definitely be a, a benefit. Like I said, ours is kind of scattered around. I think that that's pretty common is, uh, you know, one department will use something and somebody else will use something different. Yes. Yeah. But what is something that uh, you would go back and tell yourself uh, early on in your journey uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, now that you have a little bit more experience? I mean, I would, I would tell myself to be a bit more patient. Uh, like these things take time and it's hard, right? And it's supposed to be hard, right? If it wasn't hard, everybody would right. be doing it. So that's, that, that's something I would tell myself. I would also definitely start focusing on the global market from day one. Um, I would, I would try to be, speak with more customers, right? Because when we started speaking with the bigger businesses, that's when we started, that's when we started seeing the direct benefits of BizUp in companies. We started seeing the value that they are getting from it. And it sort of influenced our roadmap. 
Uh, but initially, we were we we didn't speak to many companies. Initially, we were just building it for ourselves, right? But we quickly realized that there weren't many companies like us, right? We needed to be a little, a little less self-centered and sort of speak with the people that are potential customers. Uh, yeah, so those are two things that I would I would tell myself. That's great. What's the most surprising insight you learned from speaking with those customers? Um, that a lot of businesses, like as much as they do different things, processes are still at the core of a growing business, right? Some of them don't even have processes documented, but they cannot deny the fact that they have processes. And the fact, it just makes things really, it, it, it makes it it's quite exciting, right? Seeing that we, we, can, we can be a very big part of um, the growth and operations of businesses, right? Because everything is a process. From the way you sell, it's a process. To so the way you do your marketing, it's a process. The way you hire people, the way you fire people, everything is a process. And the companies that are, um, that are intentional about these processes, instead of just doing it anyhow, those companies tend to grow faster and they tend to win. So we want to we want to sort of make that easy, right? So you don't have to be an enterprise before you have um, a process management solution. We want to make it such that, irrespective of the size of your business, to a very large extent, Bizo can help you grow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But what's next for for Bizo and uh, and AI? Oh yeah, so uh, we we right now AI is. It's in the software world, right? Sure. I mean, if I whenever I go to like product hunt, almost everything I'm seeing is AI this, AI right. that, um, and, and I feel like it's a good thing because it just shows that there there are so many use cases for AI. There are so many ways that AI can can help, can add value. So for us at Bizop, we're looking into we're we're, we're very keen on seeing how we can make things easier for our customers, right? So from creating processes to understanding processes to even some level of insights that they can get on their processes, whatever we can do using AI to make all of that easy. Um, AI is still relatively, at least mainstream AI is still relatively new and a lot of things are changing, but it's really exciting. Like the moment we just get, we the moment we get on it, we will keep improving the product as well. And it's really exciting to think about how AI is going to work with BizUp in the next one, five years. Uh, I mean, it's really exciting to think about that. Yeah. What role have mentors played in your success? Uh, for for BizUp, not much in the sense that we haven't had a lot of mentors that can, because, okay, so just to give some background, uh, like I said, we started the company in Lagos, Nigeria, and there aren't many companies in this region that are building for a global, for the global scale, right? If we had, if we were building for Nigeria or for Africa, there would be a lot of mentors. So we've not actually had access to quite a number of them. And it's also one of the reasons why we're considering, um, maybe getting into an accelerator or finding like structured mentorship for, for BizUp. Cause I know that it's going to help us move a lot faster. There's also the part that accountability plays where you, you, someone else is helping you look into the business and with, in a way that is without bias, right? So, I mean, that's definitely something that we're definitely open to. Uh, but 
in my like before I started uh, BizUp with my old business, um, mentors really really helped me. Like from internship that I did at the beginning of my career, that that really helped me move very fast. Um, so I know firsthand the importance of mentors. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, where can people learn more about you and about BizUp online? Yeah, uh, BizUp is bizop.com, that's B-E-E-Z-O-P.com. Uh, you can shoot me an email at charles at bizop.com. On Twitter, I'm just charles underscore Dairo, D-A-I-R-O. And yeah, that's the best way. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm pretty, pretty active on LinkedIn. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure and link all of those in the show notes. Well, Charles, one last question. Okay. How did you come up with the name Bizop? Uh, so my co-founder, and uh, Marianne, and I were just playing around with names. We thought about, okay, what we're doing is really in the business operations side of things. So we said, okay, you know what? Uh, let's call it Biz. We, we initially called it Biz Ops, but we sort of felt, okay, that sounded too much like business right. operations, and we didn't want it to... to um, become a hindrance in future. So we just made it ease up, made, made, it as, made, made it shorter. Yeah. I like that. A great company, great name. And uh, you really love what you're doing. And I've looked at the, the product and that's something that we're considering right now. And, you know, I, I think that what you've built is fantastic. Certainly holds its own uh, in the marketplace. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate you being on the show. Thanks again, Charles, for coming on the show and sharing your experience and your journey with us. As always, all links, highlights, resources, and full show notes are available at sasfuel.com. Subscribe or follow us there as well, and check out full episodes and shorts on our YouTube channel. Just search SASFuel, and there we are. Everyone who subscribes this week gets a pair of barbecue-stained camouflage pants, perfectly patterned to hide those inevitable sauce splatters. Who wouldn't want that? Join us next time on our SASFuel Expert Series. On Thursday, we have Nicholas Means. Loves nothing more than a story of engineering triumph, except maybe a story of engineering disaster. He leads the engineering team at SIM, helping to create the building blocks engineering teams need to build delightful just-in-time access workflows. It's a great discussion. So much personality and, and unexpected stuff in that episode. And then again, next Tuesday, we have Kaz Ada, CEO at Treasure Data the leading consumer data platform. He came to this country not even knowing how to speak English, overcame, majored in computer science, and built a file system for a supercomputer, essentially like 500,000 computers combined into one. Amazing story. But uh, an incredible journey of uncertainty, tenacity, and triumph that will make you cheer. Kaz embodies the spirit of entrepreneurial freedom and is amazingly humble too. He's just a great, great guy. You'll love the episode. So I'll see you next time for Nicholas on Thursday and Cause next Tuesday. Let freedom ring. And as always, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to SAS Fuel. Full show notes for each episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, quotes, and any resources mentioned are available at sasfuel.com. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're enjoying the content and getting value from these episodes, please leave us a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com slash sasfuel. We'll be sure to read these out on future episodes.